Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello to all of our wonderful audience members. We're so grateful and glad to connect again. And today is November 13, Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions. This is the last for this year. Next year will be every fourth Sunday. So connect. We love to interact. And today's topic is finding our real deal. It's an internal process. Ultimately, as we have two large retrogrades with Jupiter and Mars, and also the eclipse season, it doesn't end. It's a vibrational energy that connects, especially with perhaps our individual chart, the charts that with people we connect with, or the collectively, whether it's our nation or the world. And as we all know, we're becoming a, a river a, a, with many tributaries going into it as we're changing in this life always. So one of the great, ben- well, not, how can I say it? Kaleidoscope Visions will talk about these transits and then we'll bring on a wonderful guest who is prearranged. And there is that opportunity for anybody. Just go to Talk Cosmos and you can sign up. There's a, and we'll connect with what month. And we'll talk with her. She's right here and uh, apply these transits, Make, bringing it home, bringing the stars to Earth. Okay, we are now ready for Kaleidoscope Visions. Learning about current transits and exploring soul growth cosmic conscious energies applied to natal transit chart readings provided from the audience. This is your Kaleidoscope Visions panel. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, the founder of Talk Cosmos, an electric evolutionary astrologer, consultant, certified color energy life coach, vice president of the Washington State Astrological Association, member of Kepler Astrology Toastmaster Club, of a Dwarf Planet University diploma and AA with music degree. I love mythology, philosophizing, collaboration. I'm an artist, writer, a perpetual student of life. I'm Amanda Pierce, a soul-centered astrologer, astrological consultant, and empowerment-based meditation teacher. I have a BA in psychology, I'm a wellness enthusiast with a passion for healthy eating, and I enjoy creating new realities and shifting old paradigms. And like the Sufi poet Rumi says, you are the entire ocean in a drop. Yes, now I feel like I'm in the ocean a lot of times these days. There's a, so much activity just in many directions. Hi, Amanda. So Hello. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm sorry. Well, I'm ha- having some feedback on my side, so I'll let you talk for a second while I figure this out. Oh, goody. Oh, dear. Well, that's things do change always. So what I hadn't said in perfect entry is that our energies are regrouping, and it's imagining this path through to clear, to mandate, to imagine truth rather than deceit. And when I say deceit, it's like being truthful to oneself. And that's finding the real deal. Like, what is it that we can really get our resources and talents connected to? Because Taurus 
That lunar eclipse in Taurus, you know, it relates to finances, art, music, the creative, it's a nonverbal sign, and a whole focus on survival or self-reliance, you know, self-sufficiency. So it's really a, a growth process from discerning from the collective into our own inner self. Very yin, you might say. And, and yet, on the other hand, we have Mars that as an action planet, and especially in Gemini, the diversity of choosing, even if it's regrouping what our choices were, we could look at multiple things. I know for myself, I'm. it seems like there's many paths that I need to continually work through. And the glory of that is that this is a long transit, seven months in Gemini. We're still in the retrograde, apparent retrograde moment. And when it completes on March 25th, we'll have a lot of experiences, choice or not choice, but things that we interact with. Gemini by itself is very curious and interested. And the gift of that is, is that it can go deep into the spiritual essence of it, yet it also takes it, it can take it at more of a quick face value to discern, discern, discern the value of it. It's all interconnected. I mean, uh, the energies do connect. Well, hi, are yeah. we back again? <laughs> I'm, I'm back. I got it figured out. Yay. Yes, thank you for that. Oh, yeah. Indeed. It's um, I don't know about you, but it's definitely been intense this um eclipse season, and this this um, lunar eclipse we just had um was five days ago. So I'm sure everyone has been feeling it a bit. Um, and it's a, it's a bit of a continuation from the solar eclipse that we had two weeks prior to that, where we're still doing a lot of releasing and releasing of letting go of limiting and disempowering energies at the South node, because we've got all this Scorpio energy right at the South node. And so we want to make sure that we're releasing those pieces that are disempowering that Scorpio uh, so that we can bring in this new balance with this, the moon in Taurus at the North Node. So this new emotional stability we want to be able to carry forward. And to do that, there's, there's deep stuff that's going to be coming forward for us over the next three to six months with this, um, these energies. Wow, that's a... Um... I like that. The emotional stability. And what is that grounded on? You know, really, truly, it, it's evident that, of course, it's the self. It's the inner self. And with that inner self, it's the va- one of the issues all goes back to, I suppose, Mars and Gemini, that life is a river constantly changing. When we lived in Mexico, my husband and I, back at the beginning of this whole century, uh, for a while in Mazatlan, I was so thrilled to hear that in Mexico, that's a big adage. Life is a, a, a moving river. It paraphrase, however it is. And in fact, I, we have Michael Bartlett coming on the 27th of November. And I was checking into his website to, to work on a concrete subject because we hadn't, I'd forgotten about that date, which was a gift. And here I'm to, to pardon me for um, diversing, but 
the point was on his side is the same thing. Life is a river. So right now we're really, a lot of forces are moving. Yeah. And, um, I like that life is a river. And if you're looking at Mars and Gemini as life in a river, it can feel like it's maybe a little bit backed up right now. That is kind of what happens with Mars retrograde. We're forced to slow down and that slowing down kind of gives us an opportunity to look at ways that we're trying to operate and move forward that are, um, not serving us anymore because Mars just wants to like go, go, go instinctively just have at it. And when we do that, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes we're moving forward with, um, with ways that just aren't correct for us anymore. And so, but we do it so instinctively that we don't get a chance to really see it happen. Yes. So this and thanks- gives us that opportunity. Thank you, Amanda, because I hadn't, I needed to thread in that this business of our emotional stability, that really with all this changing elements, that it gives us a chance to review again another story in our life, how it works. And of course, we have Jupiter also retrograde, and it's now in that holistic, womb-centered oneness of imagination and it can have some escapism, but you have to escape to have real imagination in a way. You have to manifest that that dream. I mean, begin that seed, yes? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's so it's Jupiter in its retrograde. It started out retrograde in Aries. And that carries a lot of that um, that same Mars energy of acting acting instinctively. And Jupiter loves to, like, jump in to things um, and just trust that it's going to work out. But with it during this retrograde, we're moving from Aries back into Pisces. And so it is a really great time to kind of go with the flow and just allow the universe to show you what needs releasing. Um, There's a lot of opportunity to connect back into the magic of the universe while it's here in Pisces and kind of remember that feeling that we had with the Neptune-Jupiter conjunction where there's just so much possibility. Very good. And that was back in, I'm just remembering, it was, I think, April, was it April 10th? Oh, man. Anyway, I, I had a wonderful talk with both Wendy Stacy and Israel Ahosi from England about it. So people can go back and check that particular Pretty good one. memory. It, it was April yeah, 12th. I, yeah. Yeah, but but the event was on the 10th, April 10th. Okay. Yeah, that was it. But you're right. So because that also leads into this energy of working with the universe. If we're going to trust ourselves and our center through all these changes, having that emotional stability, that core, that light within, it is an ability to rest our values on issues that have real alignment with truth, right? And, and that's a whole dimension of, of, of focus and, and that. But it also is 
learning how the universe, but with Pisces, as you had said, is going to connect with us. So it's recognizing it. I think that's a big part of it. So you can carry that forward and realize as one struggling maybe to get an answer, it's like, oh, well, yes, I saw this through this person or this sign or, you know, the ways that, or an insight, something that comes to Yeah. And, and Jupiter is so much about connecting into what is authentic for you, what brings you authentic meaning in your life. Mm. And so this is, this is a period where not only are we having to kind of physically slow down with Mars, but also um, it's giving us that time to evaluate where we are with our beliefs and, and the meaning in our life. And I think those two are, are working together where having to kind of slow down in some ways in your life is forcing us to look at, at what our beliefs are. And before we go to the chart for this, um, Roshanda, who is our, uh, wonderful guest for today. The lunar eclipse itself at 16 degrees, exactly, most interestingly, in Taurus, almost at the midpoint, you know, one degree from the 15, which is always a... Anyway, it has Uranus, we have to remember. So when we say uh, the universe bringing in messages, if there's sudden changes, there's going to be that unpredictable and it's connected with Venus, I'd say, of our values. So how we're feeling about things. Maybe we should go on. And of course, that's there's many involvement. Did you have something you wanted to say or else we'll go yeah. ahead? Yeah, well, well, just about that Uranus piece. I mean, this can really shake us up emotionally and make us feel really ungrounded. You know, it's really, it's intense energy to have Uranus with the moon. And especially in, in Taurus, where Taurus just wants the ground to stay steady. Uh, and Uranus is not going to allow that. Oh, um, thank so, you. Yeah, so that can feel really intense emotionally. But there's purpose to it. And Uranus really wants us to break free from what's no longer serving us. So all of this intense Scorpio energy um, may be coming up to be released in part because of this Uranus, you know, it's all working together. And so um, we can kind of have breakthroughs on an emotional level with this. Um, I like that. Yeah. The idea of the purpose, intensity, the shakeup of the ground. It reminds me of a boat that what kind yeah. of boat are you in? Are you in a barge? Are you in a sailboat? Maybe a raft here in Hawaii. We actually see some of the older boats with amazing sails from early navigation. There were so many logs. I have a picture I heard of my grandfather who was born in 18, that one in 1890, a long time ago, uh, going down a river on a, a log. It was in Kentucky. So I have, I'd like to anyway, or jumping on well, and, and sometimes logs, right? <laughs> And sometimes you need to dock that boat so that you can make some repairs and so that oh. you can do an inspection and oh. just really, you know, shore it up so that things move a bit more smoothly going down the, the river of life. Because we all get oh, knocked around, you. you know, we got to yeah. patch things up. Well, here we are. We have our guest for today and the date on that 
is September 24, 1968, or no, 1988, 4.17 p.m. in St. Louis, Missouri. So this uh, individual has an Aquarius four-degree ascendant beginning the chart. And I'm saying this partly because we have podcast people. Otherwise, I wouldn't read it off. But it would be helpful for them. And in the eighth house is the sun in Libra, two degrees. And the moon is, oh my, yeah, almost an opposite. Uh, Balsamic moon at, balsamic means almost finishing up. Well, it's not balsamic. It's, um, pardon me for my miscon. It's almost at a full moon. It's in Pisces, 19 degrees Pisces right next to the north node of destiny. So emotionally, there's a lot of, uh, and in the second house, quite a a connection to spiritual, manifesting, I would think, grounding these manifest, these spiritual concepts of, of mysticism and maybe animals too. You know, Pisces loves big animals. You must, I mean, whether you're not necessarily that you're a zookeeper, but you know. yeah, I think the, the Pisces piece plays, plays in big into this chart. And there's so many, um, Jupiter ninth house Sagittarius connections in the chart that I really see this as a big piece of um, what she's working through. And the eclipse really um, highlights all of that. Yeah, so here it's we like, have yeah, it's quite, um, it's quite a big, big eclipse or it has big meaning for this chart. Um, the first thing that really I'm drawn to is the fact that she's got Pluto in the ninth house. And Pluto in the ninth, this can be, it's all about kind of working through the, any soul issues around um, beliefs, what belief, belief um, structure you were raised in and um, or belief system you were raised in having like a, a belief system imposed on you potentially, mm. um, you know, with Pluto, it's oftentimes where Pluto is that the darker elements come forward in the context. So having like being disempowered in a belief system, you know, um, having a, or be, starting to become cynical about, about a certain belief system that you were, uh, raised in or, or just it feeling f- very foreign to you. And well, so there's just this soul journey to kind of find that correct placement. That's one of the true values of this. Well, in this, in her own chart, which is a, a replication of energy in that search, because the charts, our charts always reflect Another viewpoint from another prism, you might say. So her Jupiter of belief structures and our higher learning, you know, all these archetypal uses of Jupiter happens is in Gemini. And it 
it, it won't be affected directly by, um, I mean, it's two degrees shy of, of, of Jupiter retrograding back to eight degrees, but it's close. And in her, her natal chart, Jupiter in, in a, astrological language squares the nodes, meaning it's intention, meaning that she's lived. I just listened to Laura Nalbandian of Norwalk give a speech at the Washington State Astrological Club. And it's all about, in fact, you can buy that video if you want from Saturday. And it was all about the past lives that we're working in this life between the past life and the future life. If we look in evolutionary astrology, which you and I do, is that we we have this lifetime to balance those imperfections of of purpose or of of, of experience, right? So the yeah. fact that you brought that up is really valuable. That she also has right. that transformational energy now. Yeah, there's there's multiple um, levels to this. So with Jupiter square the nodes, um, this means that there's a little bit of a hitch in the free flowing energy um, moving from the North node out through the, the South node. So there's, so it becomes like a big focus in the, in the lifetime to kind of work through that Jupiter and Gemini energy and Jupiter yeah. is the teacher. <laughs> and it's like, it's again, goes back to that belief system. Um, and in Gemini, I'm wondering if there is um, a piece around stepping into mm. that teacher role and stepping into ways to communicate the wisdom and knowledge that she has. Because Pluto in the ninth house, that's a very powerful teacher. It is. It, it's that. And I want to get back, we'll focus on the eclipse and the transiting Mars and, and Jupiter in a moment, because I recognize we need, as you reminded me of before, tie these in. But it is in the fourth house of personal self. So it really is necessary for the teachings to, if she, I would be happy to talk with her and after that half break so that we can find out because once she gets this new information to rebuild her philosophy of belief structure, there's writing potential too, or perhaps, as you say, being like the, the, the writing or any type of communication, <laughs> you know, there's so many communication platforms out there, like just doing this talk cosmos. This is a very Gemini type yeah. um, exercise, right? You know, just even this, the spoken word. So, there's lots of potential, but it is about voicing it in some way and kind of bringing that nonlinear intuitive knowledge and wisdom that uh, Sag has, that that Pluto in the ninth has into a form that can be communicated to others. And looking at the eclipse at 16 degrees Taurus, because it was a lunar eclipse, of course, the sun is at the opposite, which is in uh, Scorpio, but it does accentuate or activate her natal Venus of, which happens to be in Leo, which all gets back values of self. It's like a final integration of her real values. And it's a lot of it's through other people. It's in that area of the seventh house, meaning that she could counsel people, but also at this stage, if 
if it, it's it, it's internalizing through like this talk, as you aptly said, we're other people, you know, talking and she's gaining values or just in her, through her own discernment. It's not taking on people's ideas, but to discover. So it's really a growth period for that. Mm. And along with the yeah. idea that, of course, at the opposite, also that energizing is the moon. It is a moon. So it's very emotional. You know, it's going to be mm -hmm. something that yeah. is Well, grounded. and one thing we, we um, forgot to mention mm. about this eclipse is that Saturn is squaring the nodes. It's squaring the moon and it's squaring the, the sun in this eclipse chart. And so that's playing in um, to the eclipse for everybody. And, and it kind of, it's, it's like looking at like where, where do we need to give up control so that we can release more? Because with all of the fixed mm. signs, you know, it like you get stuck and you kind of like hold on to it. So where can we give up that control a little bit, stop controlling the emotions so that they can be released. And so that, we can really step into greater true control, true agency in our life. And I often find that in order to give up control, it's a matter of deconditioning from past belief structures. So it all is very relevant. And this happens to be yeah. that energy of Saturn that crystallizes because when it it's a cardinal, well, it's in a fixed sign of Aquarius right now. So it wants the collective and, and, and how can I relate into the collective, into a group of like-minded people? Yet one can also feel in the same sense alienated from that group. So it's a Aquarius has that dichotomy that makes it somewhat of yeah. a balancing beam. But it is looking at what is, what do I need to decondition? It might be that obstacle. You're right. That isn't appropriate. It's not the right story. Let's change the story. Yeah. Yeah. Finding your own path, finding your own way. Um, and that Saturn that that is in the eclipse is, is directly opposing her natal Venus, which is kind of why I wanted to bring that in at this moment. So it's going back to those values and kind of what, what can be released from it, what's what oh, do you need to double point. down on and, and get more disciplined on and kind of yeah. step into the grand square. Yeah. Mm -hmm, step into greater leadership on your own behalf. That's the Saturn piece as well. And a grand square for people is not, a, none of this is scary. It's all possible because squares like a river, they come in, they want to find a resolution. A river isn't going to just stay in one spot. It's going to move. It's going to do other things. And so it's how to manage that and how to, and to understand that that is the process. It's a process. Well, thank you, Amanda. This has been great. I look forward to connecting with this soul. And that will be after our break. This is November 13 with Kaleidoscope Vision, a panel with Amanda Pierce and myself, Sue Rose Minahan, as we're talking about these, the, the eclipse we're navigating and the retrograde sphere of life, regrouping these energies. We can do it. Okay, see you back. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. 
We are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies, finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to the Ananda Institute of Living Yoga, we cover the world of animals. This week, November 20th, it's Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me, and talk with your human or animal loved ones on this side or the other, and personal awareness coaching with Natasha Venter. Hope you can join us and plan to call in with your questions for either one of us or for a personal reading with Natasha. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. Talk Cosmos is celebrating its sixth season and has a special gift for everyone listening to the show. A free mini transit reading from your natal chart. This reading can help you discover your life path forward and make you aware of current opportunities and challenges. Talk Cosmos Kaleidoscope Visions panel invites you to participate in this learning experience and to interact with the astrologers reading your chart in 2023 during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show. Schedule your mini transit reading and find more information about the panel at TalkCosmos.com. We look forward to connecting with you for a free natal chart mini transit reading during the monthly Kaleidoscope Visions show at 1 p.m. Pacific on Talk Cosmos. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. Hello again. Here we are. And I think we'll have Roshanda. Roshanda. There she comes. Yay. Hello. Thank you so much. You know, we met at Norwac. That seems like a long time ago. Yes, I now. know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're open to hearing from you, your feedback, mm-hmm. and if you had questions or that. But how did you feel about any of these subjects, or else we can? Yeah. Did anything you? ring true? Did anything feel um, off the mark? We're happy to. Oh, yeah. No, no, you guys did a great job. I can say you were pretty on point. So I I definitely (laughs) was enjoying it. So I do have a gibbous moon. I knew you were uh, (laughs) trying to figure it out. A gibbous moon. But yeah, you're actually right with the uh, teacher student, uh, the Gemini uh, transit. That's definitely what I've been battling with. I'm more comfortable being a student than actually teaching um 
And it's just, you know, it's easier. It's like, I can answer the questions. Now you want me to tell you the information back <laughs> to someone else? Uh, so yeah, definitely on point with that. Uh, the Pluto in the ninth house, yeah, changing beliefs. Um, I questioned a lot growing up, like some of the stuff, cause I grew up going to church every Sunday. So I had questions on why we do this? Why is this, you know? <laughs> Why do we have to go on Sundays? I didn't have to go. I was like, wait, I don't have to go. Cool, I'm staying home. <laughs> you know, uh, one of the ways that they kind of encouraged me to go was like being able to pick out my own outfit. But yeah, challenging a lot of the stuff that I grew up with because I was always interested in like Buddhism or Hinduism. <laughs> and my family would just look at me like I was crazy. So. Finding meaningfulness. Exactly. I understand. It's yeah. like well, the depths of it. It's not just the culture and the ritual. It's like, yeah. why? Why is this? Exactly. Yeah. And you, you came, this chart says that you came in with deeper knowledge or understanding mm -hmm. on a spiritual level. And so, you know, to just be kind of plopped into a family that, and there's meaning to it, right? Yeah. That kind of, um, did the traditional, like, we're going to go to church and not really question anything. It just wasn't going to work for you. Yeah. Just, yeah. Because I would just so. go to sleep. <laughs> That's that Pisces mood. I'm bored. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Dreamland is more exciting, right? <laughs> exactly. Well, it is yeah. interesting. You've, well, I'm thinking right now, of course, we know that Neptune has been transiting and I personally have it's, it's been affecting my chart as well Neptune is a strange transition because it once it's complete it it's thankful but it can become so uncertain there's a lot of uncertainty yeah yeah with yeah. emotions Definitely. a lot of you know go ahead no, I was going to say, and also on the values with it scoring my Venus, I've definitely felt that um, because one of those, what do I need to decondition from to help me is my spending habits. <laughs> I like to spend money on things that I like, you know, I like Thai food. <laughs> so I might eat Thai food a couple of times a week and it's like, you could just learn how to cook it because you're not a bad cook. <laughs> But yeah. it's the going out, the buying it, the whole experience for me. Mm -hmm. So just deconditioning myself from that. Yeah. And finding like the, what's the emotional um, reasoning behind it? Like usually we have like something emotional that's kind of keeping us in these patterns. And so I that's something to be open to like looking at and, mm -hmm. and when it comes up to, to releasing it. Oh, it's, it's I, my inner child. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, <laughs> well, it is true. Thinking of Jupiter itself, it's, yeah. it's different cultures. Yeah. It's like the world is not, especially mm -hmm. the Pisces moon too. It's not just what we have here in front of us in our little neighborhood, exactly. regardless of that neighborhood, is that interconnection everywhere. And food really uh, identifies that. And besides, it's a taste. It's a whole experience. Yeah. You know, it's grounded. It's in the body. I understand. I do. And so, and I think that's where Amanda has a, um, 
an indirect way because we all we share this with you <laughs> we do in our own in our own manner and so in a sense it, rather than looking at what the symptom is, what the result is look at other ways to shift it because um it's true, just buying a spice that was good. I know I did that with cumin. I was like, mm -hmm. I love Mexican food and I want it. So I bought cumin and I put it in my food or cilantro, you know? Which, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a lot. Yeah. I mean, ways that, like, with this Neptune transit um, going over your, your Pisces moon, um, that Pisces moon, you know, it loves to kind of be in altered states mm -hmm. and and food will do that for you right yeah. it brings you back sometimes to that comforting place that you had in childhood even just for like that short amount of time and so finding ways that um if you if you wanted to get rid of that habit it's not the worst thing ever um but if you know if you wanted to or or other pisces habits of kind of um detaching from the reality space um it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just you want to find ways that are helpful for you so that can be being creative i mean a venus in mm. leo can be very creative that can turn on the music and dance <laughs> music dancing um meditation um, other type of like energy work, like Qigong or something, those are ways to kind of work with that energy. Yeah. And kind of, and kind of get you to an altered state in another way. Yeah. Or it, it, since we're focusing on this particular subject and we'll move on to the, the, the eclipse and the retrogrades in a moment, but to finish up too, a thought was that I learned that, well, and I'm trying to remember how to draw it to you, but the fact is I have a lot of Gemini. And so I, my mind, you know, and in my own astrology, I'm the monkey. It can really be, and it's 13 monkey. <laughs> meaning It's really a lot of it, thinking ideas and whatnot. Yeah. And I hadn't realized, but I, somebody was, cause I listened to metaphysical things and, and, and I hope I'm speaking correctly rather than things and whatnot. But yeah. the fact being that food could slow me down. And it was like, Oh, because I'll go for tastes. I'll get, a bitter taste, a, a, a mm -hmm. just a contrasting tastes, and I hadn't realized that what that's doing is kind of calming or grounding my my mind. Mm -hmm. So it is it is this dynamic, and what a gift too. If we have Jupiter in Pisces right now, this is the universe coming to us to help get these messages or ideas or expand great ideas. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Um, because yeah, I, I'm the same way with taste, like uh, savory and sweet. Um, yes. So that balancing act, and it is a little bit of an escape because you can focus on the food versus right. everything else. You know. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Although I have I mean, even it's... miso, and I'll take like a spoonful of miso. <laughs> For the because yeah. I don't eat a lot of salt, or I have certain things I've really tried to. Oh, anyway, maybe we should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about Mars? Should we talk about Mars in this chart? Yeah, let's Amanda? talk about Mars. Um, so 
with a Mars retrograde, I mean, it's so, it's so frequent that people get frustrated at not being able to move forward with their lives. Cause that, that martial energy just wants to move forward and it gets angry when it can't. Um, so I'm curious if that's, if you're feeling that, if you've got anything, any themes coming up in your life that are causing like a slowdown um, uh, or frustration. And if I can interject with that whole focus, because in the chart, very distinctly, Mars, our activation that's that's asking us, that's retrograding, you know, going back to these many degrees of Gemini to get new diversities. Like, for instance, you and I, we met in... No, um, in June or in May, May actually, yeah. and then we were going to be on a certain show, and then it was an. Finally, yeah. we landed on now, and so right now we've got Mars retrograding. Okay, yeah. we're reviewing things. Okay, but it yeah. is opposing, like like an opposing is like an awareness to your Saturn and natal. I mean, you have that wonderful Saturn Uranus conjunction, which is. Really, the structure of philosophies, you could say, one idea or because, well, yeah, just, and and with the, 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 oh boy, with just to uh, note oh. that that Saturn and Uranus are in Sagittarius. So, again, mm -hmm. we've got that Sag, Jupiter, ninth house theme here, and there's that piece about being the, um, the leader. That's the the Saturn piece. And with Uranus there, it wants you to kind of break free and do it in the way that is most authentic to you. That's the Sagittarius. So it's the renegade like it's, genius. The, yeah, yeah, it's renegade genius and um and it's independent. It's traditional, you know, and it's definitely gonna be your own way of doing it. So even mm -hmm. It's, it's not even going to be traditional astrology. It certainly could incorporate astrology, but it, it may be like your own version of it. Yeah, weaving so, things, embodying, pulling together. And that's big picture. That's not necessarily like you have to be there right now. That's mm -hmm. like, this is <laughs> a lifetime of work. So Mars is opposing all of that. Transiting Mars is opposing that. So I'm... I'm curious if you have been having with this eclipse or this eclipse series even, or this with this Mars, if you're feeling any of those tensions coming up more intensely. Yes, a lot. <laughs> One um, leadership definitely scares me a lot. It's, it's weird um, because again, it's like you can't make mistakes and that's probably a connection back to my Virgo South node of having that uh, perfectionist, but I know like naturally, okay, this is what I, what I'm supposed to do. So finding a balance where it's like, I'd rather be a guide than an actual, I guess, leader. Like I can guide you there and whatever you do, that's what mm. you do. <laughs> you know, well Roshanda, I'm going to jump in because it's very true. And in fact, I had that note down that your sense of perfection is being transmuted. That Ceres, the mm -hmm. goddess of grief and also nurturing is really an energy there. But the point is, is that what we figure is 
a leadership and guide, that's part of the deconditioning, I think, that you're experiencing. Mm -hmm. Because it doesn't have to be exact as what we've been told the leadership involves. Because we each make our own decision. Yeah. We can, yeah. Well, and, mm -hmm. and, and one of the beliefs that you have that you just stated was that leaders can't make mistakes. Right. And, <laughs> and it's like, well, maybe that can be, maybe that needs to be relooked at right now. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you've had like past lives where you have been a leader and you've made a mistake and it's led to like the decimation of your tribe or whatnot, mm -hmm. then that's a heavy, it's heavy to bring in, but that's probably not the reality of what's, is going to happen here in this lifetime, right? You're right? So there's there's a piece there for you to really kind of look at um, and and maybe even like listen to some leaders on um, on how they deal with mistakes or screw ups or whatnot. I know Brene Brown is really good about that. Okay. She, she's yeah, she and she has podcasts and whatnot. Um, so, but she's really open about talking about that and about discussing like the fear of being a leader. And um, so I, I would recommend her, but, but that's up I, for you for sure. I'll add two things to it. One is it goes right back to what's the value, the expectation of leadership gets back to what you understand each person's responsibility is. Mm. An individual's responsibility is to make their own choice. Now, our society teaches right back at school, here, here's information, follow this. So, mm. and the goal is that you can use it later. But in the meantime, you can get so caught up with just parroting things and following. And, and we're a big society. And so people do have some conform, conform, conforming, right? Mm -hmm. But the fact is true Leadership is guiding so that people can take that within and build from. So if it's like taking a horse to water, but you can't make it drink, as you understand. So if you understand that now, looking at your leadership, that you're presenting the guide, but it's up to the individual. It relaxes that responsibility that you're responsible for their actions. Yeah. You're not really. That's one thing. And so it, it is an integration here of, of um, looking at your true value of self and, and other people. And Ted, I, I'm not, okay, the Ted conversations. No, really, yeah. Ted talks. Yeah. It's a resource. That's all I'm going to say. I went in there and checked the different ones, and they can tailor it to subjects that you're interested in. They're what? 10, 20 minutes or something mm -hmm. to kind of get people's talk on little ideas. So that's a thought too. Yeah. Yeah, that that definitely helps a lot because I think that's what have been one of the the shadows of trying to overcome of, you know, when you're out there, you know, you think about the president, they're the elected leader, whether people want, mm -hmm. want them or not. And anything they do, it can get blown up to crazy proportions. And yeah, we know what people say out here, but sometimes we don't know how that person actually takes that in. And I think that's what I'm always very cautious of. Like that, that's scary. 
Yeah. Well, there's little steps. So I'm going to ask you what, like you're a student now mm -hmm. of astrology, you as shared, and um, are there an answer as you wish, but Ooh. just to get grounded a little bit, because Mars is asking for some activation with this and it's just touching it. It's not going to pass it until in March, actually, because that's March 25th. It goes, um, am I right about that? No, it'll be, anyway, back up on that for a minute because I'm thinking to myself, it, yeah, go. it'll be before March because then it, it goes into cancer. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be somewhere around the equinox or around then when it gets back to 25 degrees going into 26, which is actually across from your... Saturn, but what kind of leadership are you thinking about, or what goals is it that you're kind of um, working with? I would say just really being a helpful voice in the <laughs> the sea of noise. So whether you know with using astrology and just basic life experience and compassion, you know, understanding everybody's going through things. And this is kind of how you can help yourself through stuff. You, know. you have great nurturing ability. It's right. It's all part and parcel. Your moon, your North Node series. It's there's. And your Pluto too, that Pluto in the ninth house, it's in Scorpio. So that's yeah. deep emotional understanding. But it is re is claiming that and through so with this said, we're not here to kind of you know come up in a fix a, not a yeah. fixing thing, but it it is, I think, when we talked about your natal Jupiter of, of philosophy and belief systems, leave it at that, of it, and that is going between the past lives and the future lives, one of the, the, the fix-it, self-critical, um, health-oriented Virgo of, of interactions. And then the other side of the Pisces oneness of compassion and understanding. You would be a great healer in a lot of ways. And you would be, I don't know, I, I, I think I give you, I mean, looking at this, you have many, it's, it's a matter of finding the outlet. I found mm. that for myself, just trying to fix mm. my own chart, which hasn't really happened till the last 10 years. Well, and I it's, think you have like a good emotional um, understanding of where you want to go. It's just, it is like Sue says, finding that right application for it. And that may be astrology. It may not. Um, but there is that or a combination, of, a combination right, or, of astrology there, and something. Or that is, but there is that piece about the Jupiter squaring the nodes. And I think that's the key to really working through um, and finding that place where you're going to end up. And so the more you can kind of work through those, um, the fear about speaking out as a leader um, or any belief patterns that you have like that, that leaders have to be right kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I mean, you've that Jupiter in Gemini is ruled by a Mercury in Libra. 
And so it's, it's just never wanting to hurt anybody mm-hmm. wanting to, you know, be, make sure everybody likes you kind of thing. But it's, it's right next to that Pluto and Scorpio, which is so powerful. And sometimes the most powerful words are ones that not everybody is going to agree with. So mm-hmm. you'll yeah. find your way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you have any questions? That's what I want to ask because we have a, about a minute or two. Oh, and, yeah. oh, do you have a question? No, I think it was pretty, you know, a good talk and like a very good fleshing out. Like a lot of it makes sense. A lot of it kind of helps me connect the dots of, okay, I'm not feeling crazy. I am moving in the right direction. Mm. You know, it's just a little bit more, you know, work. And of course with Neptune, <laughs> Neptune is gonna make you really work to see it. And yeah. your own Neptune is in Capricorn. And I was thinking whenever it's in a sign, it expands that. So you have a sense of mastery. You want to be that master. And it they're in with Virgo, which I mean, I have we have these archetypes, we share yeah. these archetypes. It is a matter of that perfecting. So I think one of the key moments here is you reclaiming your sense of deconditioning that perfection that allows you just to accept what you're doing as the right step and maybe finding some little manifested way because a person can blog a person can be Mm -hmm. connected to some group perhaps where you have some leadership you know whether it's however it is and you can begin to see how other people do it and you can start claiming more experience that you can trust and go yeah yeah I have a voice because that voice, Jupiter wants to have a voice. It's going to, you need, don't question why, just real, how are you going to present it? That's the issue. (laughs) Well, and I am um, super excited for you on your journey. Like this is a really um, exciting chart to kind of live through in this lifetime. And I'm, I'm excited about these eclipses for you as well because they're so right on this, this leadership piece and this teaching piece or this just disseminating your wisdom. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, just keeping that focus on releasing whatever emotional content you can that comes up that that is disempowering is really going to support you. And really transiting Neptune, which is not going away. And I guess I've got to close (laughs) it up with this is, Right on your natural sense of series. So yes, in that process, you may experience a lot of the grief and hardship, and it may be past lives and whatnot, because it is with the moon, but it's going forward. It's the past lives that you've done, but it will dissolve. So have faith. Thank you. The messages are coming. Okay. (laughs) Blessings. And thank you, everybody. Uh, We love you all and do feel that form out. We'll look forward to future months. And thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Sue. Thanks, Rashonda. That was a great discussion. Yeah, I'll miss you you in December, but I'll see you again in January, the fourth Sunday, every month in January. Okay. Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. 
Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway. 